0: Here's a steal. Chance for Justin. Shot. Score!
1: Timbers!
0: Welcome to the Soccer Mom podcast. I'm Laura Schott, and I'll soon be joined by Kat Tar. Uh, powered by the Couch GM. Today's guest is Katie Duong. She is a longtime Portland resident. Grew up here. Uh, and was recently drafted by the Portland Thorns. we going to talk to her today about her growing up as a youth player in the area, national team experience, playing at Jesuit High School, just being a professional now, what that means, and we going to delve into all those topics today, and really looking forward to seeing her again. I used to train her for a couple years, and um, it was a joy. She is a wonderful person, and you're going to see that. And a thank you to our sponsor, Black Label Supplements a proud sponsor of the couch GM fuel your victories with black label supplements the ultimate choice for athletes elevate your performance with their full line of third party tested clean supplements check them out at blacklabelsupplements.com or use the link below for a 15 percent discount grind hustle win repeat enjoy our interview with katie duong all right, uh, welcome. Welcome to the Soccer Bombs Podcast. I'm Laura Schott with Kat Tar, and our guest today is Katie Duong, uh, one of the draft picks for the Portland Thorns this year, and a local product from Portland, Oregon. And uh, we're just excited that you're here. So welcome, Katie. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, how's it going down there? Currently, you are in Coachella Valley.
1: You've been there for a week. Yes, we... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got here on Saturday and then are here training this week and then scrimmage San Diego Wave on Saturday. So what has your schedule been like there? We, we've we been in Portland for most of preseason, pretty much just training every day and then meetings with tactical stuff. Um, we have a sports site that works with our team too. So it's been super helpful to come in and just get everything ready, ready and going. Yeah,
0: yeah, I bet. Now there's been some there's been some changes this year in in staff, but you've trained with the Thorns in the past before being drafted, right?
1: Yeah, I had trained with them this past summer, and then I think two summers before that. So I've been kind of in and out with them the past couple years.
0: Yeah, so they're pretty familiar with you um, and how great of a a mm-hmm. player you've been and you are, and uh, they're lucky to have you. Thank Katie, you. when I, I
2: when I got drafted in to Chicago and we had our first week we had no sports psychologist and it was absolutely Mm -hmm. terrifying and I would have loved to have somebody talk to you about that transition talk to me a little bit more as much as you feel comfortable about why you've commented
1: on that obviously that's been something big for you she's mostly been doing work with our whole team which I think has been really cool um we've just done like I think it's like personality testing. I'm not exactly sure what it's called. Um, but yeah, we've done some work with that and just sharing like our personal purposes as a team. And I think it's been really good in terms of getting to know all of the girls a little bit outside of soccer, as well as kind of on a deeper level on the field as well.
0: Yeah, yeah you so probably- give us some insight into that because you, I mean they you've got what you've got how many players there in Coachella right now
1: I believe we have 20 here right now
0: we have a couple
1: who are gone yeah yeah we have quite a few who are gone with their national teams
0: yeah and we've got people uh playing in what the gold cup yeah yeah Yeah, so how's that? Has that changed things, or has that actually been like kind of a positive to get some more time, or maybe get to integrate a little bit more? Because I'm sure there's benefits to having everybody there, and then there's benefits to maybe having some more time with a sports psychologist and with you know some of the team.
1: Yeah, I think there's definitely pros and cons to it. We obviously lose a lot of people in during these international breaks, Um, so I think it is kind of part especially being this early on in the season when we're trying to establish style of play and just like what the team's gonna look like and stuff to be missing so many key pieces um yeah. so i feel like from that aspect it's definitely been hard but then on the flip side it has been really nice to have a smaller group and just like get to know the people who are here right now a little bit better
2: Katie, where were you when you found out that you were going to be drafted? Did you attend the draft and kind of know what was going to happen? Or where were you when you found out you were going to head to Portland?
1: I was actually in Michigan. I was training at this place called NLT. I was there for two weeks um, and then was watching the draft online when I was drafted. And then they all called me after, which was really cool. Did you have
2: any feelings? Like, I'll tell you, like my draft experience was very much that I knew who was interested, but wasn't necessarily sure who was going to actually pull the trigger. Talk, you know, most people don't really understand how any drafts work. Talk us through how a draft works in the NWSL. Oh, gosh. Um, I feel
1: like (laughs) trying to think of where to start with this. Um, From the beginning, my draft my draft experience was i didn't play a ton of minutes this year in college so i wasn't quite sure if i was going to get drafted or not i had talked to portland and a couple other teams about potentially coming in during preseason or something like that um so i had talked to portland about them potentially drafting me late or coming in during preseason um so yeah i was i was thinking probably I had a little feeling that it was gonna be Portland, um, but wasn't sure until actual draft night.
0: So who were you with?
1: Who were you with when you heard? Yes. I was staying with a host family. Um, (laughs) And it was in Michigan. So it was also, I think like 12 o'clock at night by the time I ended up getting drafted. So I was kind of just like in my room by myself watching the draft still. But so it wasn't all yeah, it wasn't all that exciting in person, but like got the call from the Thorns afterwards and then called my family at home. So that was really nice. Talk to my sister for a as little glamorous, bit. Just
0: as glamorous as we all thought it would be. Just you by yourself. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> Post family. I wish it oh, I God. wish I had a better story to tell you guys. No, I mean, that's well. Have...
0: I mean, that's how it is
1: sometimes.
2: Yeah. When you yeah. found out, though, were you screaming, kicking a pillow, just like calm and collected? Like, I remember when I got drafted, I like blacked out for a second. What what, what did it feel like all alone by yourself? Like, what was that instant reaction?
1: <laughs> I feel like I kind of had the blackout feeling, too, of like, what? oh, my gosh, it like feels- kind of just like overwhelmed with excitement, I guess. Um, but yeah definitely was just very, very excited. I feel like I didn't really have, I don't really have like a good way to put it into words other than how you described it.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you and then what out.
1: did it? Go ahead.
2: Oh, I was just gonna say, yeah, you're just, I think that it's first super stoked, like, yeah, and then oh, shit. <laughs> like, whoa, this yeah. is real and
0: so i know it's mine i was with some friends and then i i i had fallen away So i had been hurt for half the season and i got drafted lower than i wanted to which you know happens and i just remember being like where am i going oh my gosh well thank god i got drafted and then okay i guess i'm going there and then <laughs> we'll, we'll see how this goes i haven't lived in washington dc before this is going to be this is going to be an adventure but yeah. they're all different they're all so different yeah.
2: You hit logistics next. You're like, oh, okay, what's uh-huh. next? So, <laughs> logistically, how do we get you from Michigan to
1: Portland?
0: And what's that timeline? You just get on a plane or what happens?
1: Yeah. It was like, I think I had a couple of days left in Michigan before I was going to go home to Portland. So, it honestly worked out really well timing wise with like having a couple of days before we started preseason to just chill out at home for a little bit. Um, And then yeah, I think moved in with two girls on the team a day or two before we started stuff with the team. Um, So yeah, kind of just flew back a few days later and then got started. So let's back up a little bit because
0: I mean, I honestly Katie, I mean, I've watched you for a long time. I've known you for quite a while now, but I think I started watching you when you were I'm gonna go with like 11 when I was probably out at like Liberty and it was like, oh, you know, there's this kid, her name's Katie, she's really good. And I watched and I was like, yeah, she's really good. <laughs> and then, you know, you're, I mean, you're so young that it's like, all right, well, yeah, she's great. We'll see what happens. And then, I mean, you have had one of the, I think best work ethics I've seen of, you know, just about any player. Um, so, Thank I mean, you. where did you start? I mean, I, I know that you're from the area and then being drafted to Portland must be mm-hmm. special. But tell us a little bit about you know how you started playing, why you started playing, and uh, what happened there.
1: So when I like very first started playing, it was yeah. my parents basically just signed me up for basketball, soccer. I think those were the two main sports that I like started out as. Um, but I played rec probably for two years. Kind of immediately fell in love with soccer. Decided, okay, that's what I really enjoy doing, um, and then. Transitioned to FC Portland when I was eight years old, I think maybe even seven. Um, But yeah, started playing club pretty young, was with FC Portland from seven up until eighth grade, and then ended up playing for Crossfire up in Washington all throughout high school. Also played for Jesuit, which Laura played for as well, and is a legend there. You're (laughs) a legend there. Um, But yeah, played for Crossfire for uh, four years of high school, which was three hours away from Portland. Um, So my dad would drive me up there once a week for practice and for games, and then was training with like a local boys' team. Um, And then I don't know if you remember Onyx, I had trained with them a little bit before they ended up graduating. Um, funny. but yeah, that was basically my childhood or youth soccer career. <laughs> and then <laughs> went to Minnesota for two years and have been at Stanford for the past three. Well, I know Kat can speak to that commute. I didn't do
0: it. I was playing in Portland most of the time, but I know that, uh, Cat is, you guys are one in the same and that you guys took some drives up to the, What were you Tacoma or Seattle Kat? I was
2: at Tacoma Royals. So I was up in Tacoma three okay. days a week. Yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah. Were you from yeah, Portland too? Yes. Okay. Yes.
2: But let's back up. I'm slightly older than you are. And I mean, as much I'm probably going to piss some people off with this comment, but there wasn't a lot of great soccer. But yeah. Now I'm definitely going to piss some people off with that one. But <laughs> there I'm just going to say. And um, uh, Tacoma Royals team up north was interested a year up um, and were state champs. And I just felt called to it. I met the team. I met the coach. And I'm sure, like you, I was looking to be not the best player. I wanted to be surrounded by players that were significantly better than I was because I felt like mm-hmm. I was a little bit behind in some of the technical and tactical understanding of the game. And... I wanted to just immerse myself into a big fish pond and I was very little fish and I'm glad I did. But you're right, when you said that was my childhood, I mean like that was my youth soccer, that kind of was our childhood. It was our youth soccer, but when you're that in love with this sport and Katie, I'll tell you something, I have three kids. My oldest is 10, Mm -hmm. he plays soccer, he likes it, whatever. My seven-year-old, we, he played basketball and soccer. And he woke up one day and he said, I love soccer. And from that day on, Katie, he wakes up in his messy jersey. Laura knows this to be certain. The whole kit from the shorts to the socks. He goes and I trains in the in the <laughs> morning before school. He gets home from so- from school. He trains in the backyard by himself. Like his brother wants nothing to do with it. His brother wants to find Pikachu somewhere. Um <laughs> And so what I'll tell you is that I think it's the genetic thing. People ask me all the time, like, what's the sauce? And I'm like, I I can't tell you what the sauce is. And then I figured it out. There's no real sauce. It's just in you. Because I'll tell you, I wanted Luca to play basketball because you're indoors as a parent. It's quite lovely to watch basketball. It's very mm-hmm. fun. But that kid wants soccer and he wants it 24-7. When we go on vacation on the beach, he's kicking imaginary soccer balls. So, I kind of feel like you might be that person where you just knew you loved it that much. Is that right?
1: Yeah, I think that, yeah, that's so funny that you say that. Like, as you're talking about your seven year old, I have it's like bringing back memories of just like going in my backyard and just wanting to juggle and like just dribble around and like constantly be around the game.
2: Yes, that's him. Yeah. And I have to buy, he doesn't even wear clothes anymore. Like this, I'm, I'm scared that the school's going to call me one day and be like, does he have anything other than messy jersey? And I'm like, I can't afford <laughs> any more messy jerseys. Cause they're like a million dollars. each. They're expensive. Yeah. So expensive. I'm going to start like making them and just markering messy on the back. So I don't like lose my house, you know? So anyway, that's, so That's cool. So talk to us about that college transformation, because you went to a different school and then you went to a different school. Mm -hmm. And a lot of, I think youth college players are a lot of times, sometimes I I hear they're not happy where they're at, and then they're really scared to Mm -hmm. leave. Talk about that moment where you just thought, you know what, maybe this isn't right for me.
1: Yeah. I think the decision to transfer was definitely a very difficult one. I would say I wasn't unhappy where I was, which I think made it even harder. I honestly had a very positive experience at Minnesota, felt super supported by the coaches, really loved the team. Um, the school was a little bit big. And I think, kind of what you were talking about as you transitioned club teams, I think I kind of had a feeling in me of like, okay, I know I want to play pro and I really want to be somewhere where I'm going to be pushed every day outside of my comfort zone. Um, Mm -hmm. So that kind of that's kind of what led to the decision to want to transfer. Um, Yeah, it. I think I made the decision over winter break during COVID. Yeah, so also kind of just a funky time in general, being there during the fall, basically in a bubble with our team and stuff, um, and then basically made the decision to transfer after that. They ended up letting me come back and play with them during the spring season, which I feel like gave me a lot of closure there, which I'm super grateful for. Um, But yeah, then was at Stanford from my junior to this was my fifth year. So I stayed there for just fall of this year. Um, And I would say that transition was really difficult. And yeah, like just in terms of adjusting to everything in terms of soccer, but also going to a completely new school as a junior, I think was really hard. Um, Yeah. And I think reflecting on my time there, like soccer did not necessarily turn out how I wanted it to. Um, But I do think I grew so much as a player and as a person these past three years. And I don't think that, I don't think I would have grew in the same ways simply because I was so far out of my comfort zone in so many different ways these past three years. Yeah.
0: Can you speak to any of those? And no no pressure, but can you speak to any of the moments where, I'm just going to be honest. Uh, Most people think of Stanford and they go, oh boy, like, you know, you take a step back. There's some awe there. Um, You know, like one of the best academic institutions in the country. Obviously, you're a part of one of the best uh, collegiate programs in the country. And whether, you know, you're playing every minute or you're not playing every minute, um, being on that roster is something very hard to achieve. So when you're there, Um, you know, I'm sure at times it it could probably be a little bit, um, overwhelming and this is just, this is me. Maybe it wasn't overwhelming for you, but you have some of the best minds really in the world there. Um, did that hit you sometimes? Mm -hmm. Do you have any stories where you were just like, oh, okay. I mean, the founders of Google went there. And I mean, when I was in college that, you know, we started using Google when it was new and that was like, you know, it is what Mm -hmm. it is now that comes from Stanford. Like those are the things that come from Stanford and that's what people think of. Did you have any moments where you were like, okay, I'm here.
1: Ooh, that's a good question. I think in terms of soccer, um, I definitely had some of those moments of like, oh my gosh, like you don't necessarily realize it in the moment, but like when you take a step back from it, you're like, oh my gosh, like I'm playing with some of the best players in the country or like you go on to see them do super well on the national team level or in the NWSL. And it was like, oh my gosh, like I had the chance to play with these players every day, which I think from a soccer aspect is really cool. Um, I think outside of soccer, there's definitely professors or yeah, there's definitely professors and like kids in my classes sometimes that I was like, wow, like you just think in a completely, different way almost Um, Mm -hmm. which that was also really cool to be able to like witness that a little bit.
0: Yeah, One of my best friends that I played with in college, she obviously went to Berkeley, I went to Berkeley Uh, her husband went to Stanford and I mean obviously Mm -hmm. both really great academic institutions but it was just so funny watching the wedding party and who knew each other and how they spoke to each other because there were times that the Stanford people would just get on a roll and I was like I I don't I'm going to go over here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like I don't I don't know that theory. I don't know what they're talking about. I don't know what they're doing right now. Uh, sounds great, but I'm not gonna jump in on this one. I'm gonna take a pass. <laughs> <laughs> I, I
1: definitely felt that at moments. I was like, okay, this is not my conversation to be in right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh man.
2: So now no, go for it. Yes. Yeah, so I would I went to um I went and played professionally in Germany. And I'll tell you that like I know it's maybe not different culturally but i really do think stanford is also different culturally than minnesota i went to the university of missouri that's different culturally okay uh, yeah but i would tell you that and i would tell anybody that when i left and went over there and and stretched myself from like a different way to play with Germany. They're like unbelievable tacticians and like everything is like you warm up with the same passing pattern for the first 45 minutes. Whereas Missouri would play a three back and we just kicked the shit out of the ball as hard as we could. I'll tell you though, that just having a different way, like a different eyeglass to see things in a different way I wouldn't give that up for a million dollars. And I have a feeling you wouldn't give that up either. Like even though Stanford may not have worked out from playing time perspective. And I'll also say another thing too, just because you didn't play doesn't mean you weren't one of the best players because we also have to be really cognizant that college coaches have a way of playing and you might not always fit in exactly the way that they see it. And that might not be that you're not the best player. It might not be that you're not the best at what you do. It's just that you don't fit in and that, way. Um, and, and so I applaud you for that because not a lot of people are willing to like take that leap, but if you do, especially people in sports, if you're willing to take that leap, I I feel like when I went to Germany, I came back, I saw the game in a whole different perspective and I was double the player I was before. Do you feel the same
1: way? Yeah, I think what you were saying with having the different perspectives resonates a lot in terms of yeah like having two completely different experiences both on and off the field at Minnesota and Stanford and I think looking back on my college journey as a whole it almost feels like it would have been incomplete or like I wouldn't come out I wouldn't have come out the same person had I not had either of those two experiences um yeah i think there are so many things that i learned from both places that i would not have learned if i wouldn't have been there and i think just speaking on transferring a little bit more like i think you don't truly know what a place is going to be like until you get there um and i think once you're there like all you can do is really make, try to make the best of it. And like, regardless of the outcome and stuff, I think there's so much you can learn um, anywhere that you are. So I think, yeah, I am ultimately really grateful that I did make that transition.
0: You hit on an interesting word there you hit on culture, right? And I, I think that that's really something that's not spoken of a lot. When people go through the college process, you talk about the program and getting to know the coach Um, what formation they play and, you know, the very stereotypical uh, questions that players are are told to ask. But I mean, the cultures from Missouri to Minnesota to Stanford to Berkeley alone, let alone there's another, what, 320 division one alone schools. I mean, that's, that's a wide ranging culture. I mean, that's just a lot. Uh, Katie, one of the questions I I think that people would be really interested in, just to give a little bit of frame, uh, what years Mm -hmm. um, were you in college? And then um, give us, and you probably can't name all of them. I'm sure there's just a ton of players that, um, outstanding players as as you were at both institutions. But can you give us some people that you were playing Mm -hmm. with?
1: So I started my freshman year 2019 and then ended this fall. So 2023 um wow i'm trying to think Mm -hmm. my memory is terrible as you can (laughs) tell i think probably the biggest biggest names that i played with at stanford were i played with naomi my junior year Mm -hmm. so her last year there and then sierra and then bell are in the nwsl right now and then Kennedy and or Kennedy Wesley and Maya Dons were my year and they're at San Diego Wave and Bay FC right now.
0: Is that who you play at
1: the end of the week? Yeah, we play San Diego Wave, so we'll get to play Sierra and Kennedy.
0: Oh, Woo! fun.
1: Okay. Are we going to be able to watch that game? Are they are they streaming or are they I'm actually not, not sure. I didn't think they were. Yeah. But then someone told me that there might be a link somewhere. I'll let you know if I can find it somewhere. I I don't. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want
0: to do anything I'm not supposed to do. But I'd be interested in seeing it if (laughs) uh, if it's a public game. I understand if it's not, because I mean, when you're in preseason, some of those things obviously aren't uh, aren't streamed for a reason. Hey, hey, Katie, what's the communication like between
2: you and the staff? When I played for the Thorns, um, I found. The communication frustrating as a player that wasn't, I mean, I was on the roster, but you know how the rosters work. And for those of you watching who don't know how the rosters work, until it's final, it ain't final, right? You guys could be let mm-hmm. go, you guys could be cut, you guys could be traded. I mean, there was another player on my roster named Kat and someone was like, hey, you got traded. And I was like, wow, what? And then they're like, oh, sorry, wrong Cat." You know, it was like the most wild morning of my <laughs> life. And so what's the communication (laughs) like? Do you feel like you really are heard and, and your goals and how are you dealing with that pressure? I mean, that's, that's the biggest question I get. it's like, how do you deal with the pressure from players who want to be pro? Um, You seem, you seem pretty level-headed and chill and relaxed, but you know, we're, we're good at hiding that stuff too. How do you, how do you deal?
1: Yeah, I think to what you were saying with the roster's not set until the roster's set is super true and something I feel a lot right now of like Yes, I got drafted, but that doesn't really guarantee anything. And like there's other draft picks, other trialists and stuff. Um and
0: they're yeah, always too. So yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Constant. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I definitely feel nerves and uncertainty right now. And I think also what you were saying with trades and stuff like that across the league. I think even when you are somewhere, there still always is that uncertainty of like, I could be traded at literally any point. Um, So, yeah, like as I'm getting to know more about the league and stuff just from the players who are here and like being here and seeing it. it is it is a very interesting lifestyle in terms of it is very fluid and there's a lot of movement and uncertainty um so i think that's been hard i've been trying to deal with that by it's much easier said than done but like just trying not to think about things that are out of my control and just trying to focus on okay like at the end of the day i don't make outcome decisions but i feel like i can be proud of myself at the end of the day if i know that i did everything that was within my control um so trying to focus on that and then also trying to focus on being grateful for the opportunity to be here and just play with these players and get to learn from these players because i think yeah when i take a step back from that i'm like these are players that i Watched on TV growing up and like to have the chance to learn from these players, um, get to play with them, get to watch them, um, I think is kind of a once in a lifetime thing. um I feel like you had another question in there that I'm not answering right now. I don't know. Do you remember oh. the first part?
2: Okay. <laughs> okay. You, my memory is similar. No, what, what I would what I like, say, Katie, is like if I look back on my time playing, so much of my time was spent worrying about stuff that, like, I'm almost 40 now. Like, and I'm applying it now. I'm applying it now. And man, I wish I could have applied it when I was in it, right? And so just to hear you use the word grateful, and just to stay in the moment, I can't tell you how important that is, because it's something that Laura and I have spent time discussing. Like, man, could we have just went back and just said, whatever the outcome, whatever happens, Katie ain't going to change it. You don't make the decisions, right? You're not wearing the coach's hat. You aren't the GM of the Portland Thorns, but what you are is an amazing player and somebody who has given your life to this game and a student of the game. And so what I would say is there's a lot of personalities they're almost when I came into it from Germany and came in, it was a new culture for me of just like personalities that sometimes were even off-putting, to be completely honest with you. But as a mom of three kids and a business owner in real estate and all of the things what I've realized is like at the end of the day, we're all people. We all want to be loved. Mm-hmm. We all want to be accepted. That's for those amazing players that you've watched your whole life too, by the way, secretly, they all want those things too. And so for you, if Laura and I can impart any bit of knowledge, it's that just go out and every day, wake up and just say, this is, this is my day because there is no past. There's no future in time, right? It's just today. And that day, every day you wake up is the day you've dreamed of. And so just enjoy that, man. And ball out and be you and I know that Laura has got to train you a little bit you guys have spent some time together on the field too is that right yeah I, I, I,
1: <laughs> I had done some individual work and then like you were saying I think you had run training centers when I was probably like 11 12 years old oh yeah um, so it's been
0: oh my gosh I forgot you were a you a there. We were in the last, like, uh, couple age groups when we were first starting. Me and yeah. uh, Lisa. Lisa yeah. Sari. And um, who was there at the time? I don't remember who all the coaches were early on.
1: Oh, gosh. I know it was, Do you, who it was you guys. Tina was there. Oh, yeah. Tina Ellerson was there. there. She's yeah. going to be on her. I feel like there are some people. Oh, she is. Oh, yeah. She's awesome. She's coming. Uh, yeah. She's coming. <laughs> Yeah.
0: Well, Katie, we talked, uh, you know, a little bit about college and we've talked a little bit about, you know, joining the thorns and playing with some of your, you know, people you've looked up to for a long time. Can you speak to the transition between the two, the college level? Um, you know, you played with some world-class players in college, so maybe, maybe you've got a leg up on this, but, uh, the level of play from college to professional, what changes?
1: I feel like everything changes. Honestly, like you guys, have, you guys have experienced it too, probably. Um, but I feel like the speed of play, the athleticism, everything is just a jump up from college to professional. Um, and I think one of the biggest adjustments in these first couple of weeks also has been learning a new system of play. Um, yeah, just like as the coaches are going through that like through presentations and stuff like that um yeah just like trying to trying to almost get my head on straight of like where I'm supposed to be and like how all of these tactical things that they're showing on powerpoints translates to the field I think has been a really big adjustment as well but yeah I would say the speed of play is definitely the biggest thing um But I would say it's been also super helpful. The coaches and all the players have been super supportive, um, which I don't know what other pro teams look like necessarily. Um, But I think that's been one of the things that I've been most grateful for and have noticed these past couple weeks of how much the older players and just people who have been here longer really want to help all of the rookies and people coming in um and i think that's made the transition a lot a lot better
0: when i think back on those transitions i remember like uh, on some level from you know high school to college and in college to professional or national teams we haven't even talked about your national team experience yet we should definitely hit on that i remember at, at some points thinking like i mean people would say it's different but also just feeling like somebody kept a secret somewhere like nobody really said what this was going to be like <laughs> Or exactly, you know, like, you really want to focus on this, or you might want to run a little more. Or I feel like somewhere along the line, it feels like there's, you know, like, maybe people just don't know, so they don't relay the information. And I feel like you and I had a lot of conversations like this, just like, well, you know, well, you got to do it faster. Well, you got to do it quicker. Well, it's just the way it is. And just to understand, not Mm -hmm. only, you know, you need to do that when you're on your own or in small groups, but then the application of it, when you're playing against some of the best players in the world, it's pretty hard to replicate. But I do remember at times just being like, yeah, if somebody would have said something, I might've done something differently. (laughs) (laughs)
2: I'll I'll tell you something funny. When we had uh, the, the, the owner of beast mode soccer on a while back and he was telling Mm us of all the players that he coached with before preseason. And like, i didn't tell you this laura but like half of those people were the thorns players i played with and i remember thinking like okay i had a feeling all of them were training together because when i got there it was like <laughs> everyone knew each other everyone knew where everyone was going to be and here i am like walking in from having a baby in germany being like how i thought none of y'all knew each other that well and now on, <laughs> like i remember looking up and there'd be like four hands of like pass play me before I could even make the decision to play. They all wanted the ball. And so I had made the decision, like, I'm just gonna stop even make, take away the decision and just be so innate, like a lizard that just like makes decisions before it even makes decisions. And then beast mode was like, oh yeah, we trained like six months before the thorns did all together and really nice. Celebrity fields, and I'm like, mm hmm, yeah, this okay. makes sense now. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was invited to that, so everything came together. Uh, yeah, 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 like a thousand years later, I was like, fine, that makes sense. But talk to yeah. us, talk to us about that, this national team stuff. I mean, that's even a step. I had no national team experience going into the pro league. There has to be a little bit of like, okay, I have played at a high level. I do know what to expect here.
1: Yeah, I had gotten called into a few camps when I was pretty young, um, like U14, U15. I think I was probably in like middle school and then didn't get called in pretty much all throughout high school, but it was always, I would say that was always one of my big goals of really wanting to get called into national camp and something that I really aspired to and worked towards during high school. Um, And then ended up getting a chance my freshman year at Minnesota. I think my first U-20 call-up was, I think it was actually the weekend of our second, maybe third game college College game. Um, so, went to camp then, and then ended up getting a late invite to the Nike friendlies, which was December, I think. And that was kind of right before they were choosing U20 World Cup qualifying roster. Um, yeah, and then after that camp, felt like I played pretty well, ended up making the U20 World Cup qualifying team. Um, Yeah, we ended up winning CONCACAF, but then everything shut down because of COVID. So unfortunately, never got to play in the U-20 World Cup. Um, But yeah, learned, learned a ton through that experience. And I would, yeah, I would definitely say being in that environment mentally, as well as soccer, I think helped prepare me for the next level, as well as like college later on. Where was the tournament?
0: Or where was CONCACAF qualifying that year? It was Dominican Republic. Oh, okay. Who the U.S. just played in the Gold Cup. Mm -hmm. Um, And then your coach, was your coach Laura
1: Harvey? Yeah, it was Mark Carr beginning of the cycle. And then Laura Harvey ended up taking over, I think, with like two camps before qualifying. Gotcha. What do you think of Laura? I had Laura at Chicago. She's intense i i really liked her as a coach um i feel like tactically i learned a ton from the way she saw things um she's unbelievable. i feel like yeah like watching film with her and like just how she breaks down the game i think that was one of the biggest steps that i took tactically just to learn from her um and then i also think just like a very funny very light-hearted person um who was a lot of fun to be around
2: yeah on the on the field she's intense and then you get off the field she's like just enjoying you and yeah I think what she does a really great job of it is making you feel home wherever she is she gives you that yeah. like family feeling and there's not a lot of coaches that have the ability to do that I think that's her strong suit
1: yeah and I would say being there for basically a month during world cup qualifying too it was huge to have on it, her and honestly our entire coaching staff did a great job of just make bringing everyone in trying to make it feel as homey as possible um yeah yeah, yeah. that's awesome
2: well, well should we Katie? shut it down i think i I think Katie's got to go and make the Thorns roster. I think she's gonna do it. Yeah. Um, by the way, Katie, one last thing is like I just pulled up. I'm like, well, let's just make sure we're not missing anything. And like, oh well, you can't see it, but it's just I'm scrolling. You can see the scrolling. <laughs> These are all the things you've done. I just keep scrolling. Doing your
1: research mid-interview.
2: <laughs> no, no, no. no, no, no. I'm making sure I didn't miss anything. But like, holy shit. Thank you, girl. You've done it. You've done too much. We missed something. Uh, my point being is, like, you're sitting here so mm-hmm. humble and just so kind, and th- my fingers are still scrolling in mid-interview. <laughs> um, that I just wanted to comment on that. Like, I haven't got to meet you in person yet. I've heard a lot about you from Laura, but just the fact that you are so in it and that you're so humble and that you're so in love with it. Like we, Laura and I, and all of Portland, we're so stoked to have you. I've talked to so many people that are like have watched you play high school and they're like, she's back, she's back. And just so stoked to have a homegrown player. (laughs) Um, So we wish you so much luck. You don't need it, but we're all behind you. And of course, if you ever need anything, Laura, is there (laughs) because
0: I'll go meet you. I'll go meet you at a middle school field and we'll sort it out. I'm wiping butt.
2: You don't want any of that.
0: Good. Laura's got (laughs) Oh man. I want nothing more than the best for you. You've, you've always been amazing. And I mean, you're, you're even a better person than, than player, which is almost impossible to do. So all the best of luck. Um, Go, go kick butt out there. Uh, Beat the wave. Beat up on some of your old teammates and we'll be cheering for you.
1: Good luck, Katie. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, Bye, guys.